the San Jose Sharks snatch defeat from the jaws of victory <laughs> and uh, and lose a close one in Ottawa five to four. We'll talk about that and more after this. But first, if you want to be a part of the show and join the conversation, chat with us and fellow Sharks fans on the app or across the social media platforms, that being the YouTube chat, of course, uh, X, Instagram, Facebook threads, you got the Discord, you got Reddit, and of course, all the shenanigans going down on TikTok. Find all of that and more at tealtownusa.com. And as always, we appreciate your support over on at Venmo, at Teal Town USA. Every little bit helps to get in Puck Guy New Internet. <laughs> I am joined by the lovely Dana May. Dana, how are you doing this afternoon? That was a game. It's, it's, it's very interesting seeing the Sharks play a team that should be at their level and still somehow failing to win. You know... I mean, with a goalie that, who would have been pulled against any other team, <laughs> you know, it was, it, it, let's just say it, it was, was fun. Something. Yeah. It was, it was fun to watch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I got real vulnerable on the, on the show a few days ago, uh, speaking my truth of enjoying watching the sharks during that Montreal game. Um, I guess I would say enjoy. I, it's. <laughs> I don't know if I would say enjoy about a lot. It was entertaining. There were it, things happening, and again, you know, whenever like at least like, God, I hate even saying Ottawa's at our level because clearly they're better. Oh yeah. <laughs> but like, there have been few other teams as um as as down bad, not only uh on the score sheet, but in terms of like off ice drama or that kind of thing than Ottawa. So they were good opponents for the Sharks. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I agree. But, you know, as you had just kind of alluded to before, I think there is a little bit of a talent discrepancy there. Um, <laughs> and I mean, clearly, clearly the Sharks still have a long way to go because you, mm. you look at you look at today's game and Again, I was joking when we came on, you know, snatching defeat from the jaws of victory because, you know, they had a lead and then they had a tie and then they had a tie again and then they just kind of let it go on a goal. <laughs> and the Montrealians showed up to score uh, a day late. Uh, right. Exactly. But I guess the, shark, the Sharks won the previous game, so they didn't need it. Um Exactly. I very obscure reference. If anyone in the chat has heard of this show, I will be so impressed. But uh, there's a there's a YouTube show like 10 years ago called The Most Popular Girls in School, where it was like stop motion animated Barbies, but they were they had like it was very crass. But there was like a joke about uh, this one girl who claimed to be from Paris, but someone else was sure she was from Montreal, so she would be like, "You're from Montreal." So that's how I always say it in my head. The Montrealians. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Well, let's uh, let's get this topsy turvy uh, game started. And um, you know, honestly, 
not really the greatest of, sh- of, of starts for the Sharks. I mean, uh, Claude Giroux getting uh, a goal four minutes and 12 seconds into the game. Um, and then you've got uh, um, Chabot coming in with his goal, and that would come in at 9.58. Um, and you were thinking, okay, you know what? This is the Sharks just kind of doing Shark things where – you know, one game they'll play well and then they'll come back and, you know, they'll get, you know, their their butts handed to them or... or you I, know. I think it's more like one game they play well and then 12 they play bad and then rinse and repeat. Yeah, exactly. Because I guess they used up all of their, um, <laughs> all of their good play in Montreal because, you know, that, that first period was just... Ugh. Not great, and and you look at the shots on period, you know, shots on goal. Were oh my nine, god, eight. the whole game. Were, well, they were nine eight in favor of of San Jose no. in that first period, <laughs> but well, they didn't rack it up from there like at all. Oh, no, nah, and, and I was just gonna say I I would want to see what like the the high danger chances are versus um you you know versus just actual shots because it I swore it seemed like every time Ottawa brought the puck in to the uh, into the defensive zone I was like oh my god these guys are looking like the Harlem Globetrotters out there just you know <laughs> tic tac toe passing and you know it just seemed like they were moving the puck kind of at will against the Sharks and every time the Sharks would get it they would you know, get one or two shots off. And then, you know, of course, just, you know, kind of wither away and not really keep up on the four check. And you'd have Ottawa yeah. just come streaking back. Oh, my God. If you swap the goalies this game, that would have been real interesting. Yeah, right. I, I mean, I mean, sorry, swap like if we had Corpusalo playing as he did and they had yeah. Blackwood. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and then, you know, you had, you had, you had finally Anthony Duclair getting a, a goal, right? And, and it's his eighth of the season, Barabanov and Ferraro getting the assists there. And, and Ferraro would actually come up a couple times on the score sheet tonight. So, um, you know, it was good to, it's good to see him, good to see him kind of producing, but like there's somebody in the, in the chat saying, you know, we need to, you know, start flipping players that are starting to score. And yeah. I, and and I was kind of on the the fence about Duclair because I think we had talked about it a little bit before. It's a player that you like. He's got a lot of speed, kind of a character player, and it's somebody that you'd kind of like want to have around. You, you know, in a, especially in a rebuilding kind of time, because he seems like a guy who kind of gives his all, right? And kind of no matter what position he's in, whether he's on a contending team or a team in the middle of the rebuild, you know, he's just kind of one of those guys that. Um, it is good to have just a stand-up kind of player. Uh, he seems to be good in the locker room, you know, kind of character kind of guy. But I think a guy that might be kind of coveted because you see this kind of scoring touch he has on the Sharks, and he's got eight goals on a really shitty team. And, you know, I think you might be able to get an asset there. Dana, I mean, yeah. what have you seen yeah, from, I agree. from Duke? Um, I, I, I love the guy. I really do. If we were a better team, I would say absolutely hold on to him. But... You know, he's not young enough that there's that potential for more, you know what I mean, um, where there's still kind of an upside. I think, you know, he is what he is at, at this point in his career, which is very good. Again, very few people make it to the NHL at all. Um, and, uh, you know, he's been traded a lot, but teams teams want him. Clearly, um, there's there's always interest. So, yeah, as much as it pains me to say, I feel like that – that's one of those guys. Um, and then maybe like 
again, I, I don't know if I even buy that there's interest in Ferraro, um, but you know, maybe he knows something. And, and again, I, I was shocked to hear there was interest there, but maybe like Barbie, again, another person who I don't want to trade, but. Hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, I think, I think you're, you're right there. And I think that honestly, you've got to start looking at, um, at really just maximizing the pieces that you've got. Yeah. Yeah, and I think focusing on the players who, like for example, like a Zadina, is he playing at his best? I, I don't know. I don't know. You know, that's kind of a. Um... So yeah, no, I, well, go ahead. <laughs> oh, did 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 you mean to mute? I I did, didn't I? No. Oh shoot! <laughs> um, who's Ilana? <laughs> Ilana is is my girlfriend. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, I figured. But um, <laughs> no, I just mean I you know I with the button. I'm so sorry. You know, there's still that potential for growth. I don't know if I, I don't think teams are really calling about him anyway. But to me, that's kind of the um, the the way of of sorting into the bin of do we keep, do we not? Um, it's a, it sucks because if we were a better team, I would. I would be banging the drum to to keep the Duke, but it seems like teams are always interested in him. Um, he's, yeah, he's a great locker room guy by all accounts. So, unfortunately, like, and I, I don't know. I, I think I think Mike Greer could get something pretty good for him, especially if, as you said, we do start setting the. You know, because the, the trade deadline season hasn't really gotten going yet, but yeah. there is often a trade kind of in like mid to late January, early February, that is sort of the benchmark. And it's like, okay, now we're starting uh, trade deadline season. Do we have a player um, that is, would be such a big trade that, you know, that trade would be uh, setting the market for other big trades? No. <laughs> no, but, but you know, there are those but teams. But it would get it started and you get better deals early on. So, yeah, exactly. I think I'm there sure are Mike Greer is at the phone as we speak. Like, um, and, and, something is coming it's just hard to say because none of our players are like so good they'd be like flying off the shelf yeah no i mean i i, to I totally agree and and i think that there are teams that are going to try and do some some moves before the deadline and try and get their work done before and and you know those are the types of hockey trades where you can you can maybe get a little bit more value dependent upon like if the player's got some extra time because there are those GMs that really do um, value having the extra time in the contract. Um, if it's a guy with term, then of course it's a little bit different in, in how you go, um, you know, how you go along uh, evaluating a, a piece that's going to be there for longer than a year mm -hmm. versus a, a rental type player. So Yeah, so, and you've uh, also got teams that maybe have an injury where it's like, yeah. oh, you know, he will probably be back towards the playoffs, but we need to make sure we make the playoffs or get a good spot or whatever. So, you know, there is always room for those guys. So I wouldn't be surprised if my Greer is on the phone every day uh, making these kind of calls. Yeah. Well, going into that second period, I mean, this is kind of where – the the wheels oh, kind of started to follow fall off for the for the team especially uh you know on the defensive side yeah. and you know in that second period it kind of started <laughs> off good right 
Um, I mean, Mark Edward Vlasic gets on the board. You know, the the Montrealian as as uh, Montrealian <laughs> as Dana calls him. But uh, you know, Vlasic gets on the board. It's his first goal of the year, and I mean, it's been I think over a calendar year since he's actually scored. So. It's you been eighty four years. Yeah, right. And you know, Duclair and Granlin getting the assists there. So again, Granlin, a guy that you might be able to get some some assets for, who started to play really well. Um, but but you know, um, Mark Edward, you know, getting the the game tied up. And you thought, okay, you know, this is good for the Sharks. I'm I'm glad to see that they're kind of putting up a little bit of fight and putting up a little bit of resistance. Uh, and then you know, they were- I'm looking at the shots because I was like. I, I, I couldn't remember the exact number, but I knew that the second period was particularly brutal in terms of the shot differential. Um, well, but I was just kind of going along 20, on the scoring. Yeah, but but like, like know, yeah, know, but... yeah, like in time, right? <laughs> so like yeah, Kevin Lemay right, would right. come back, would would come back, and he'd he'd get the the yeah, sharks. Yeah, and he'd come back and he'd get the sharks on top, and it would be three to two, and that would come at six twenty, but. It seemed like after the Sharks scored that goal where they kind of gave themselves a little bit of a lead, it was kind of a little bit misleading because, like you had said, the shot total was four shots to 22 shots. And it just seemed like after that goal was scored, something kicked the beehive in in Ottawa where it just got them on their horses because you got Brady Kachuk then scoring about a minute uh let's see about no 50 seconds later seven minutes 11 seconds so um yeah 50 seconds later he would tie up the score and what that would be his 18th of the season and then they would come back and they would score in less than four minutes (laughs) the go-ahead goal four to three and uh, batherson would get his 15th on the season right and so you're like oh boy i mean this is the Sharks having a lead and then completely having it melt away within five minutes in a period. And not only that, but like you had said, you're just facing an avalanche of shots. And you're just like, yes, the the team is bad. But when you make the Ottawa Senators look like, I don't know, a second coming of a Montreal dynasty and, you know, just (laughs) allow them to pour on like, you know, ridiculous 1940s levels of shots or 1980s levels of shots within a, you know, within a period. Like you just completely abandoned defense. Defensive system. Yeah. There's, there's players, but there's, I haven't seen any like coordination uh all season yeah yeah no i mean just you you're you're absolutely right they haven't been able to to completely play a cohesive defensive game and you see it at the beginning of periods you see it at the end of periods it just whenever they get like an ounce of complacency in their game they just let the defensive zone completely lax up they stop standing up at the blue line they stop kind of marking their men in front of the goaltender I mean we'll get into the third period because the third period was even crazier and in a way in which it's you know the the team scored but they just 
allow the pace of play to be dictated to them. And especially when it's a team that has um, a, a lot of offensively talented stars, they just seem to let them lean on them, let them play in their own zone, and just abandon whatever monicum of defense that they have. I mean, I just, mm-hmm. I, at this point, I feel bad for Blackwood and I feel bad for Coppola. Yeah. Oh, big time. I, I think because most of the higher talent players are are trying to maybe score a ticket to a playoff contender in a month or so, um, you know, maybe there's too much focus on the individual efforts and like, oh, like I want to try and like show off offensive capability uh but when it comes to defense that's not as flashy um that it's a lot more i mean obviously you have to coordinate and communicate with your teammates to produce offense but when it comes to like suppressing the your opponent um in the defensive zone like you know that's not a place where individual efforts are uh useful most of the time um, and that's so good you know, and, and Dana, that's, a, that's, a yeah. that's that's a problem on the coach. That's that's a problem on the coach. That's true. I yeah. mean, right? When you're not getting the guys all buying into the same defensive structure, and yes, we know the team is not good offensively, right? Yes, we know the team has a lot of holes missing in it, but that doesn't that doesn't mean that you can't play a good defensive game, and and, and that doesn't mean that you can't you know, hold a team to, to less than three goals. And yet throughout this, this entire season, I mean, I'm, I'm not even sure what the averages are for, for the amount of goals that the shot that the sharks are allowing per game. But I think I'm, my computer might crash if I looked it up. <laughs> Maybe somebody in the chat can look it up for us, but if you're brave enough, <laughs> I mean, it's just the goals against are just really bad. And, and it doesn't take talent to play defense. You know what I mean? It doesn't take talent to clog up the neutral zone. It doesn't take talent to physically, you know, mark men in the defensive zone. Yes, I mean, yes, they're going to be players like a Connor McDavid or they're going to be a player, you know, a player like Bedard when he's healthy, you know, that have that individual skill set to overpower. Yes, that there are those players. But what I'm talking about is a full defensive structure. You know, where where you see the team kind of come back into their own zone, are able to mark each individual um, opposing player coming into their zone, able to hand off when you've got crisscrossing going on in the defensive zone, able to you know establish a perimeter around the the blue paint so that you know if any of their marks are coming into the into that soft zone in front of the goaltender that they push them out. Instead, you have the Sharks allowing them to be, uh, you know, allowing teams to come and do a cycle on them, come and post up on the half wall, or just in the case of Matt, uh, Brady Kachuk tonight, uh, just allow to completely bum rush the goaltender and, you know, kind of have free reign. And, and we'll go, get into the third period. And it did start off with a little bit of, of uh, hope for the Sharks in some sense because you got – you know, Philip Zazina getting his fifth goal, and that didn't come until at 17 minutes into the game. So that made me seven- so happy, and I'm mad now because I have the biggest smile on my face. I hate to admit it, guys, because like I like seeing him succeed. 
but don't amount to anything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So Sadina getting you know getting his fifth of the fifth of the season, and Hurdle and Ferrar getting the assists there, and Ferrar again, um, you know, would have a really good night as far as three assists, um, and and really, you know, kind of showing that he can have some um some offensive acumen insofar as being able to make a good first pass but again it's just been an up and down season for him where i see evidence of his game growing but i also see evidence of his game regressing and and the more concerning part is the regression because you see the regression in his defensive game which has kind of been his bread and butter and we've seen it you know consistently year after year he's kind of getting worse and worse but this was seen as a team is a a piece that was going to be a a staple within the top four of your of your defensive structure and I don't I don't see that anymore Dana I mean I I think I see a guy who um you know who I would like to see the Sharks kind of maximize the assets for at at the deadline I mean he can Morris kind of gone from a guy who I would have said it would have been a core piece for the franchise and now I say he's kind of more of an expendable piece and and I mean I the the reason why I, I have kind of soured on him and we'll talk about the, the, the Vladimir Tarasenko goal but that you know the the goal came at 1955 you know in the third and yeah and really you can't let your guard down yeah exactly and it and, just felt like I I I don't know. It felt like it was inevitable. Like in that, in that last 15 seconds, like the Sens, it's like, we decide we're going to score now. And the Sharks are like, Oh, okay. One of Yeah, it, it, exactly. Exactly. So it's like for every good thing I want to say for Ferraro, you get, you get, he's had like those victimizing moments and yeah, Vladimir Tarasenko pushed him into the goaltender. But I don't think it stopped Blackwood from making the save. That was the thing. When I first saw it, I'm like, oh, yeah, he pushed him. But technically, the definition is like, did he push him so bad that Blackwood couldn't? He still tried to make the save. So, you know, when you. But, but what I was getting at, Dana, is Vladimir Tarasenko is not a big guy. I mean, oh, he, yeah, he's I mean, he's he's a little stocky. I mean, he's stocky for his size, but he's not overly large. And Ferraro is is normally a pretty strong skater and a guy that's pretty strong on his skates. So to be pushed and to be physically moved by Tarasenko, like that to me is 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 more of the issue, is more of the personification of the issue where the sharks can are just easily pushed around. Are just easily pushed around. And like you had said, when Ottawa decided it wanted to score a goal, it went out there and it scored a goal. And this team, whether it's rebuilding or whether it's contending, has never had good enough mental fortitude to withstand those types of um, occurrences happening. We've seen it with Joe Thornton-led teams. We've seen it with with teams that haven't been so good. But it's still a consistent issue that I don't I don't know 
if it's a coaching thing. I don't know if it's a player thing. But, but at this point, the team, I don't think, can really make steps forward until it addresses that problem of, of just the pride of, of, of no, a hundred percent. That's why it feels, yeah. Like, you know, we go into the draft excited, but it's like, you can swap guys in and out forever. Bailey, excuse me. Sorry, Bailey. Sorry. Hmm? Bailey got pushed in. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> um, I, I couldn't remember exactly. Cause I was, yeah, I was, I was about to go to the bathroom. Cause I was like, Oh, okay. We have OT, but then, you know, <laughs> nope. Uh, uh, Oh my God. What was I going to say? I totally lost my turn of thought. Oh yeah. Talking about like the whole, you know, um, uh, team dynamic. Um, <sighs> yeah, that's why it's like you go into the draft, we're excited, but is this a locker room that I'm enthused about having these young players come join and come up in? Not really. <laughs> um, and that's why like, you know, with like Will Smith, like I'm like, Dude, just do another year of college. We love you, but like, I, I just want these young players to be as far away from this dressing room as possible, which only makes the team more depressing. I know, but like, it's it's not the best dynamic. And if you're not gonna play as a team, even when like even when you're bad, you can still try and play as a team, and they've rarely done that. And that just makes me worry about hurting young players' development. Like, if you're going to be a rebuilding team, your priority should be creating an environment that is good for young players to come up in, like, at bare effing minimum. Oh, my God. Yeah, so, so and, and where, and, and Lacey, you bring up a great point. Thank you for correcting me, and you got, got it twice. But, you know, he had said, look, they've been out there for a minute and 30 seconds and they were gassed. And and I totally agree with that. And I totally agree that that the circumstances of their shift length definitely aided in Ottawa being able to make that extra push to, to get to sort to score that goal. But why why were they out there for a minute and 30 seconds is the question that I'm asking. You know, it's like at the end of the game, your shift length should should be 30 to 45 seconds at max. You know what I mean? And then you need to get off the ice and then you need to let the next set of defenders come on in. And, and whether that's eating the puck in the corner, you know, establishing trying to establish a modicum of possession within within your own zone and, and trying to either eat it in the corner or, or get it to the neutral zone. I mean, at that point, the, the game is already starting to, to wither out, right? So, I mean, you're... Yeah, good teams know how to avoid that situation. So, like, I, I get it. Fair enough. You know, yeah. it's, it's hard to do anything when you don't have a lot of energy. But, um, you know, there's a reason that hockey shifts only last so long and that line changing and that kind of thing is uh, is so important to keep keep the flow of the game going. So that what happened. Yeah, no, I mean, but, but I, I mean, and, and Lacey's asking, well, so when do you think they're going to make a line change? And get feisty. <laughs> the chat. Bra- Blackwood should have frozen the puck and he didn't. So, I mean, I Kev- Blackwood for anything. I mean, uh, it's, I mean, I think if if Blackwood maybe is is paying a little bit more attention and sees sees his guys out there, then you know 
yeah, he can he can freeze the puck, but but like you like you're mentioning, there are multiple options here to skin this cat, right? I mean, at that point, everybody on the ice should be aware either a how much time is left in the game, b understand where people are at in their shift lengths and start to you know understand that we need to establish possession fairly quickly here because we've got a bunch of gas guys or <laughs> or you 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 don't completely collapse and and allow your marks to enter into the you know enter into the crease just all willy-nilly I mean, there's 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 multiple ways there's multiple ways and there's I think there's multiple pieces of fault out out there, but at the end of the day, you shouldn't be allowing a go ahead goal with less than 15 seconds left in a game, and and we continually come back to the team losing games at the beginning and ending of periods, and it's just and I think that that's at the end of the day that that's. That's still something that we see. I think it's still a, 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 a symptom of larger issues. And, you know, we'll move on. You, you try to um, take what you can. But I but I think that this is a, a, a movie that I have seen consistently this yeah. season that I don't want to have beyond repeat anymore. <laughs> yeah. And this felt like a winnable game despite, you know, all the like the complete lack of shots. Like they got, you finally got a, a goalie not uh, on their A game. Like, you know, when I would be coming on after these like LA or Vegas games, I'm just sitting here like they were never going to win. I, you know, can sit here and complain till the cows come home. But with this game, it's like, Corpusala was Swiss cheese tonight. You, you stayed in the game despite shooting like twice a period. Um, and then flubbed it at the end. So yeah. it's just like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm. I mean, at the, at this point, you know, I, I, I don't know what to tell you besides, you know, needing to get more buy-in on the defensive structure, needing to understand, you know, where the puck is at and and how much time you got left in a in a period, and. Um, being stronger on your skates <laughs> but again we'll 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 try and take what you can and yeah. you know this season is is it is what it is and you know i at the at this point you just try and maximize the most most value you can out of assets and good to see some assets uh getting on the scoreboard tonight and you know maybe um by by some luck you can you can start to recoup and, and restock and go forward. But, I mean, I think Ottawa, to me, was a team coming into the season that I wanted to see take the next step. So it's a little disappointing to see where they're at right now in the Atlantic division. Um, but I think that, that they're on a team that's going to be on the upswing here. And my Yeah, eventually. I feel very neutral about Ottawa. So I'm like, whatever. Um I think the dynamic there is very interesting with DJ Smith and how it's like, oh, you know, uh, it sort of his uh, tenure and subsequent firing raises the question of like, to what degree should coaches be the besties of all the players, you know? Um, well, where and, do you fall uh, on that? Where do you fall on huh? that? 
Where, where, where do I fall? Yeah. I mean, I think there has to be a balance. I'm going to be real, guys. Like, I haven't been on a sports team in uh, 13 years. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> like, uh, yeah, there, there has to be a balance. And I was, I mean, wasn't in the locker room, wasn't in any of the NHL locker rooms, but it sounds like, you know, they, that D, DJ Smith was not as hard on the players as maybe he should have been, uh, maybe a little too relaxed, um, as, you know, and, and that, um, yeah, maybe like, Contributed to the overall, the yeah, to the overall kind of yeah, like country yeah. club lack vibe. Yeah, lack of structure, lack of taking things seriously. I don't know. I don't know. I It's just yeah, it's an interesting conversation, um, especially since like on the coaching front with our team, it's like I literally can't even say if I think, well, certainly you can't say Quinn is doing an amazing job because if he was, then they'd be winning a little more. But is he doing a bad job or, or is he just trying his best with a, a team – uh, God, I don't, I was going to say almost completely devoid of talent. I don't know that that's true, but, um, uh, you know, there's only, he only has so much to work with. And so it's hard for me to even say what I think of Quinn's coaching job. Cause it's like, well, even if he were a better coach, like, oh, we'd be up a few more spots. Yeah, exactly. It's, the I mean, of the league, you could have whatever. the second coming of Scotty Bowman, right. And the team would still be where it's at because of the talent on the team. Yeah. So you know, the coach can only take you so far. Um, but I, you know, and, and I've all, I've just been preaching it this season to have good habits, to have good structure. I don't care if you lose, but I'd rather see you lose three to two than, you know, five to four in a barnstormer or seven to two or, you know, whatever, you know what I mean? Just keep it close, you know, have some structure in your game, you know, keep the shots in the 25 to 35 range, give your goaltender a chance to, you know, to, to keep you in a game and, you know, play, play almost like old school coyotes where it was the most boring shit to watch, but at least they weren't getting blown out. You know what I mean? And at Mm -hmm. least, you know, you're able to, to develop some young talent in a system like that, where it's at least, you know, you're not horrible to the point where you're just completely bottoming out, but, but you're not also, playing so loosey-goosey that you're not going to be able to develop a player into a fully formed product, you know, when you are come time to contend. So that's that's kind of been my whole mantra and my whole edict for the season. And honestly, it just seems like they're stuck in the mud. And if anything, it kind of seems like they're going backwards. But Yeah, it's weird to think this game is technically probably in the better half of games the Sharks played this year. Um <laughs> only being beaten by one yeah yeah like that is so sad yeah it it really is well dana we've beaten this dead horse pretty well we're about 35 (laughs) minutes into it so uh let's uh let's start wrapping it up and uh you know let's see uh you know where the sharks are going to kind of kind of come on from next so in case you missed it you want to check it out again check us out 
on the YouTube Rewind. Hit the like and subscribe button. Hit that bell to get notified every time we go live. And then, of course, check us out on your favorite podcast uh, catcher of choice, that being on the Apple Podcast Store, the Google Play Store. Uh, Like I said, the YouTube Rewind. You got SoundCloud. You got Spotify. TuneIn, iHeart, and then Odyssey. And then always the replays are available over on tealtownusa.com. So thank you for watching with us. And again, you know that we regularly go live after every single Sharks game. And then, of course, we've got the Pucknologists coming at you at 7 p.m. on Sundays or after games if they're doing an after dark takeover. But, Dana, where are your final thoughts and what the people can find? Excuse me, I got that mixed up. What are the final thoughts and where the people can find you? I got those inversed. <laughs> mm, uh so you can find me um, at, on Twitter, Dana May. Same thing on Instagram. Um, and uh, you can follow my cats. <laughs> I think I've plugged their Instagrams too. I haven't updated them in a bit though. Um, I mean, they're linked on my Instagram. Uh, oh, hello. Oh, someone's here. Hey, this is the, this is the feisty one. Margie. Ooh. Margie, be nice. Say hi to the nice people. <laughs> oh, she, she's sweet. I promise. She just doesn't like being grabbed randomly. Um, yeah. If uh, also, if if you're in uh, my neck of the woods uh, or any other place uh, being affected by the incoming storm, uh, stay safe. Wear your hat. Wear your gloves. Wear your scarves if you gotta leave the house. Um, but I guess just stay indoors if that's the safe thing to do. Um, and yeah. Oh, we're back. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no All worries. right. Well, thank you so much, Dana. And uh, hunker down, stay warm. And uh, and like you had said, I mentioning uh, you know everybody over at Teal Town, we're all thinking about all of our uh, of the Sharks fans and just everybody out in the East Coast, just kind of dealing with the weather right now. So stay safe, stay warm. Uh, as far as where you can find me, you can use my first name. That's E R I K, last name L A N D I, across all of the social media garbage. And as far as my final thoughts go, I, again, I I've just kind of been preaching to have good habits you know to have a, an environment in which your young players can develop and <laughs> and you know just oh my just God. trying to make the best of the of a bad season and so you know what keep your pets close and uh and uh let's keep those They're not too close <laughs> the other one's more cuddly yeah right and uh and hey. let's let, just hold on to your pets for the rest of this season because I think we're going to need them. And, uh, and her face is right next to the microphone. <laughs> I wish I had a, a lucky pig, so you know we can Margie's get that. bipolar. No, she is. Margie has so many personality disorders too. It's not even funny. I we're doing the Lord's work. I, I got her because my coworker rehomed her because she couldn't handle her. <laughs> Uh, Burge asks, "Can uh, can Margie uh, coach the Barracuda?" Probably. <laughs> Would it be an upgrade? She has more NHL and AHL coaching experience before the job as John McCarthy. <laughs> well, the same amount, I guess. Well, you heard it here, folks. Uh, Margie <laughs> is uh, is going to be tapped for your next Barracuda head coach. So, uh, you know what? When news breaks, we fix it here at Teal Town USA. So, uh, I think we're going to end it here. <laughs> Margie, why don't you take it away? Uh, yeah, from everybody here at Teal Town USA and Margie. 
keeping it real, keeping it teal, keeping it real teal. Everybody, have a great rest of your evening, and uh, we'll come and get you after the uh, the game on Monday. Talk to you all later. Bye. <laughs>